mentally you will be absorbed by it because you have to be because it's just challenging you enough that you have to bring all your attention to it. You're listening to the Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Occupational Philosophers. But before we go any further, what are you going to get from today's show? We're going to talk about flow, what it is, and how to get some. We're going to talk about how to help your teams in organizations achieve a state of flow. And we'll also explore how to create a magnetic field that attracts psychic energy to help people achieve their goals. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Occupational Philosophers. John, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to see you. And I'll cut straight to it. What's caught your curious eye this week? Hey, Simon, I've been curious about all the things that I don't quite understand. (laughs) So I've been reading about the metaverse. So you may have heard a bit about that old uh, Mark Zuckerberg's rebranded, I think, meta is the new name for his thing. And it's all talking about the metaverse. And one understanding of it is the idea that it's going to be sort of virtual reality on steroids. So you'll be able to meet in the metaverse and you'll be able to have your avatars meet in meetings rather than go face to face. You'd be able to come together like that. You could dress your avatars. You could buy clothes in this digital world and dress your avatar. And so then the second thing that caught my eye was the fact that you can buy a digital coat and one went for $10 million. <laughs> so so I'm curious about things I don't quite have a grasp on. And who, who, bought, who bought the coat? Like, did they have any? <laughs> I didn't read into it into too much depth, but it was just one of those headline things that just grabbed my eye. And it coincided with the fact I was looking at this metaverse where you could have your avatars and you can make them real and you can yeah dress them and buy digital things in digital shops and do digital things together and you could buy digital art with non-fungible tokens have you heard you've heard of this digital yeah absolutely yeah i it's a bit like blockchain like i read a lot about it but i still don't understand it Uh (laughs) exactly (laughs) curious about things i don't quite understand and blockchain's another one (laughs) but look as an artist, uh, even though I haven't gone down this route by any means, but I've, been, I've thought, no, I want to understand this more. Yeah, I haven't quite got my head around it. But from what I'm reading from an artist's point of view, yeah, it's highly, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to mm. be able to have NFTs. So from the creator point of view, yeah. excellent. What it looks like, I haven't grasped as yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Simon? What's caught your eye this week? Well, it's what caught it's caught my ear, John, and it's an artist by the name of Candy Stanton. Now, yeah. Candy Stanton, she had her first Emmy nomination in 1968, and in 2021, she has released. I would call it a bit of a uh, almost like a summer anthem house song, if that makes sense. Okay. So she's been doing this for 50 years, and the amount of I think 30, 40, 50 albums. And she's just, her ability to reproduce this 
fantastic music and reinvent and and she's teamed up with a, a dj for her her latest one and she did the song um young hearts uh run free you know that one was in the oh uh, yeah. yeah young hearts run free i'll stop it there <laughs> but also did the um instantly uh, recognizable yeah of course also did she did the original of that um florence and the machine song you know sometimes i feel like throwing my hands up in the oh, air yeah, i know yeah, i can yeah. count on you. so that's her but she's been making yeah. music for like over 50 years but i guess what caught my eye i heard the song and then i heard the sort of radio announcer saying and telling the backstory so this lady's 82 or 81 and this banging house tune so i just thought to stay that engaged that creative and that in the zone and really i think it's that this idea of ageism is bs mm. isn't it like don't judge mm. someone on their age because you hear so many people go for jobs even in their like 40s and early 50s and they're like no i can't get a job i'm past it like you think what a load of crap so judge yeah. people on their ideas their creativity their energy their output what they bring not on the number before their name that's maybe a rant yeah. John, is it? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good rant because, you know, I'm getting old, so I, that's given me hope. <laughs> so, Simon, what's today's show going to be about? Well, John, we've talked about this a little before I've referenced it, and today's show is going to be around flow. And we've talked about this in some other episodes, and I said we should bring mm. on the a flow expert, but today we're going to take that mantle as the flow experts okay, <laughs> or e explorers of flow, explorers of flow. So getting curious about flow and why I guess this caught my eye, especially because we've spoken about this man, gentleman before, and we've mm. called him Michaeli Sizkmemihali, which is yes. not really a great pronunciation, but he passed away last week. But this is how the phonetic guide is. Mihai, Chiksen Mihai. Mihai, Chiksen Mihai. Yes. Yeah. So it's a fantastically complicated name to look at and write. But yeah, I think we'll so call I'm, glad, him, I'm glad you've done the phonetic. We'll call it Big M. Okay. How's Big M? Okay. Big M. And Big M. for Big M. Yeah. Who passed away at I think around 89 years of age just uh, a couple of weeks ago and engineered this idea of flow and happiness and just groundbreaking research in this intersection of habits and optimal performance, happiness, creativity as well. So I thought, what a, a great mm. time to look at the big M. Yeah, yeah. A little bit curious about his work. So originally born in Hungary, or he's Hungarian but maybe born in Italy, okay, but also was a mm -hmm. prisoner during World War II. So as we know, a lot of people came out of that time sort of examining happiness and what it meant to be happy and sort of trauma and how that acts on people's state and he realized yeah. a lot of people were unable to have a life of contentment unsurprisingly after <laughs> such a horrendous experience yeah so then he was interested in art philosophy and religion he's thought what's how do what what makes a life worth living so very i guess a very modern question yeah yeah and yes that's uh a proper deep philosophical question, yeah. The like of which Socrates would have walked around Athens asking, what makes a good life? Yeah, and as you know, we're fans of uh, Socrates. I think Big M, if he was back then, would have been a, a chin stroker of, of ancient times of note as well. But then he got really interested in the work of Carl Jung 
And hmm. what I like is he was actually saw him at a ski resort in Switzerland. So imagine here, <laughs> what are you doing tonight? <laughs> Oh, I'm off to the bar to have some schnapps. I'm to a Carl Jung lecture. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and so, so then Carl, thought, Carl and Mihai in, walk into a bar. There's a joke in that as well, isn't there? <laughs> Maybe it could be our thought experiment <laughs> a little bit later on. And then listening it to Carl's work, he said, well, I want to understand a little bit more around this state of happiness, which then led him to study in the States. But it was around when he was looking at he was looking at artists. He was a painter himself. And he noticed that when an artist, and let's say someone who's creating something, we'll call them in this sense, they were more engaged in the process rather than the outcome. So they weren't worried about what was happening at the end of it. They're just that time and space deeply engaged in that outcome. And I thought, yeah, what a great thing to explore today. Yeah. That, that moment where you're completely absorbed. I think I did read something around it, just um, described as losing a sense of oneself in that moment. And again, it's that we've all, we've had these moments. Simon, so one of uh, Mihai's first studies was into happiness. And he actually had a famous experiment with teenagers which was called the beeper study and this was where he gave a load of teenagers a beeper and then he would when it set off he would ask them to record their thoughts and feelings at that moment during the course of the day and what he found is for the most part the teenagers were unhappy which I I don't think is a groundbreaking insight to think that teenagers are unhappy quite a lot was he just working with goths or was he working across the whole <laughs> emos and goths i'm really i'm not too happy man plus that beeper going off that would annoy you wouldn't it that's gonna make you unhappy like the modern day mobile phone in your pocket so yeah, but exactly. i guess like a, a pager or something along that a line. pager yes that's yeah. <laughs> that definitely dates the study but yeah a pager in their pocket <laughs> and that would go off and they record it but then what he did find is that they were more upbeat more happy when they're actually engaged in a challenging task of some description so when they were sort of absorbed in something that was taking all their energy and attention then they were recording happier feelings and thoughts and of course then that was going to be the insight that was going to lead into the more detailed study around this concept of flow and what i like about when you do this research like your initial thoughts might be you're happiest when you're doing nothing and so it started to really shift the way that he he thought around finding happiness and what it meant to be happy. But he did some more studies and he's like, well, this is what he became known for. So what, what was the next step from here in this idea of this state of happiness? Well, the, the biggest study, I think, was then, as you touched on earlier, was all the work that he did in looking at creative people who are masters in their domain. So they might be artists or musicians, but it went as far and wide as economists and physicists and biologists and people in every, you know, philosophers, linguists. It went as far and wide as you can imagine. And in all of that, he was then looking at them and where they were finding states of happiness or states of optimal creativity. And that's then the, the key piece around this concept of flow. 
So after all of these experiments, and what I've been reading is these studies went on for 20 years. So I've read that in a few articles, but I haven't quite managed to get the timeframes. But from my understanding, one of the longest psychological studies done then and even to this day as well, and he found these moments where people were life worth living, these moments of joy, happiness, optimal experience, and he called this the flow state, which is where we've come to today and what we'll be, we'll be talking about. And he found, as we said, people at their happiness when they're in the state of flow. Here's some key things to it. A state of concentration or complete absorption in the activity at hand and the situation. And they're so involved, nothing else seems to matter. And it also be called, in a modern terms, being in the zone or being in the groove. <laughs> in the groove, I like that. Yeah, we get <laughs> Which groove, I like. So, <laughs> so you might think even, you know, being at a festival or one of those times you just wander out on the street and you just, everything seems to flow, you attract good energy, you're in good space. So I think there's a little bit more than just actually doing and creating something. But I love that sound of, you know, mm. being in the zone or in the groove. But And also you're intrinsically motivated. So that that challenge or the joy from that challenge comes from within and you're just immersed in what you're doing. So it's almost like time stands still. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, they talk about that where they get so absorbed they forget to eat, drink, go to the bathroom. They're just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally absorbed. <laughs> Sat somewhere, not attending to their basic needs because they're so engaged. Yeah, so what, what a wonderful state to be in where you literally, you're, you're not aware, you're, you are aware of what's going on, but you're just so, that thing you're doing, it's just so wonderful in that time, it's that, that state of flow. And he's got a couple of um, quotes here, and I'll read out one. And he says, it's being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. And I like this one here, the ego falls away. Time flies. Every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. Your whole being is involved, and you're using your skills to the utmost. Mm. Sounds a bit like Nirvana, doesn't it? Like <laughs> I was going to say, it's very inspiring. You kind of go, I want some of that. I want more of it. This is why my interest in this, actually, because I, I often think, especially during, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but in when you're working, how do you get in that state of flow? Even if it's only 20 minutes a day, I think, if you, <laughs> if you could yeah. optimise that space, that's, yeah, nirvana, yeah. nirvana. Yeah. The other quote I like as well is it ties into what we said earlier, the beeper study, which was that it wasn't when people were kicking back and just relaxed and had nothing to do, which is what you might think that happiness comes and that state might emerge when you're relaxed and it's, you're leisurely doing nothing. It was the opposite to that. And that quote there was, the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile it is it's a fantastic insight isn't it yeah and i guess it goes to that thing around teenager again you would think oh my state of flow i'm just chilling watching a movie etc or whatever that may be but it's not it's when you're involved in something bigger and bigger and greater than that now question when do you find flow is there a, a space or a time you think that it's when i'm lost in that yeah i'm in the flow well it can be sometimes when i'm if i'm running if I go out on a yep. really long run, I can definitely get get a moment where you're in the flow and you're just sort of freewheeling and it, 
Although that isn't a particularly challenging task. Well, it depends. Could be. <laughs> if I'm going Could uphill, be. it's challenging. Yeah. Then I'm really in the flow because that's a challenging task. And I guess another one which would be kind of similar to the running thing, but when I've been snowboarding, there have been moments where everything is pushed out of your head apart from the need and desire to get down the hill without hill, mountain, without breaking your your head. And that gets me in a state of flow. I'm totally concentrated on surviving, but also enjoying it as well. So that's a moment where you're engaged fully, totally absorbed in the moment. Yeah, this well, this research comes a lot into the world of athletes, so that being in the zone, being in the flow, like mm. nothing else matters and you're only focused on one thing, something bigger than yourself and a challenge. Mine's, I've got a couple, one's sports orientated when I surf and I've reflected course, on this yeah. because I've got a quite busy head. So <laughs> the one time when your mind is the stillest, I think, is that moment when you're not so much even on the wave, but that moment you're about to paddle off, uh, uh, take ah. off, so you're paddling and you just think, all right, so it's that takeoff and that first moment of, I guess, getting to your feet and that type of thing. And there's, there's zero noise in your head. So I think that's a flow state mm. and you're yeah. just in that space. And also when um, I've been doing a, an artwork recently, like it's a mashup of, we're speaking of mashups from a previous episode, mashup of uh, Starry Starry Night by Van Gogh and Birding on the Seine by Renoir. So, oh, wow. you know, that picture, mm. yeah, so the Starry yeah, Starry yeah. Nights in the background because I did it yeah. for some friends and they wanted two different pictures. So I thought, well, how about this? But it's quite challenging because it's portraiture, a lot of it. So I found mm-hmm. that in the flow, but um, it's enough of a challenge to keep you really engaged, but just everything else stops around and I just forget time. And I love it. Yeah, that is great. So, Simon, there's a lot in Big M's work about the conditions that can bring about flow. Should we talk to some of those? I can see there's there's about nine in total, and some of them are particularly relevant to the world of work, I think, which we're going to sort of, once we understand some of those conditions, we could start to think how we apply them as individuals in teams and as leaders. What's the first one of those that's particularly interesting to you? Well, look, I've read that there's in my research is between sort of seven to 10, the big M's oh, okay. nine and other people summarize them around that. And what I've found though, is I wouldn't have thought we've, we're, we're not so serious business podcast, but we normally take a little while to get to that. But I'm really surprised how spot on this is for the world of work, leadership, team, personal development. It's almost like a book written for that rather than a book around finding your creative flow, which is, I guess, what we're interested in as well. But it's so much stuff here. And the number one thing is, is if you're going to set up for this state of flow is sort of get that challenge and the skills balance correct. So that means mm-hmm. you don't want something which is too hard because you just might better do it so it might become a panic state. But you also don't want something which is too easy because then you'll become bored. So it's this really nice thing around how do we find that work which will challenge us but it's not so far outside our skill set, knocking that, you know, we can do anything we put our mind to. But it's like if, uh, let's say, okay, John, I want you to weld me a brand new car together, even though we've done some welding at school, you'll be like, oh, God, I, I don't know. And you, you, There's no flow there. Or if someone says to me, okay, I want you, you've got three hours to compose this next uh, opera, I've got no experience or skill in composing, so there's no flow. So it's finding that challenge is, yeah, 
the skill and the challenge need to match up. So there's a little bit of a balance there, which would be different for everyone. Yeah, so it's more that you want to create conditions for a state of flow rather than a state of panic. It's And it goes back to that classic comfort challenge panic zone, those three rings. You want to be in that yeah. moving into that challenge zone because uh, we don't get flow in our comfort zone, but in that panic zone as well. So I think it's how do we make sure we're stretching ourselves enough to be flowing? Now, something else which has come up, John, something around goals, What's which I wouldn't have well, thought. Well, yeah, flow. I spotted that one, and it, and it does lead on from that challenge task balance that you just talked to a second ago, which is goals, the goals need to be clear, and I would add to that they need to be slightly stretching. So the goal in itself is framed as something that is going to be a stretch, is going to be a challenge. So you get that goal correctly framed as being something that will be a slight stretch for you. So it will provide the challenge, but it must be absolutely clear. You've got to have a clear purpose, a good grasp of what to do next, and clear as to what should have your attention. So that clarity of goal, again, if you have that, if you know where you're trying to get to, that again allows you to get into or provides the right condition for you to get into that flow state. There's a clarity of purpose, a suitable stretching goal or challenge ahead, and then you set to it. Now, another one I like, and this speaks very much to our world that we speak around, switch around, you know, being the most creative, curious, imaginative individual you can be, it's loss of self-consciousness. So literally, you're so into the work, you're not worried what people are thinking or saying or doing, like you've let go of your ego. And we've often spoken a lot around leadership and is that letting go of that ego, so being humble enough to, being curious enough to ask questions and humble enough to know you don't you know all the answers so i like this you're too involved in the activity to worry about protecting your ego so mm. that ogre as we call it john so many times is, is gone mm. you're, you're in that space you're so yeah you, you're into it yeah the loss you're of self-consciousness i uh, yeah. i do that quite a lot on the dance floor there's no ego there and i don't care what people think but speaking of (laughs) speaking of dance floors if you go out for a night who has the most fun the people who are cutting loose on the dance floor or the people who stood around the outside just going uh not really for me the next day you'll be you always wish you're having as much fun as those people dancing well, that's my interpretation of it. <laughs> yeah. Unless they've got a smartphone and they've recorded it all and put it up on the internet. <laughs> well, either way, either way, you know, you wouldn't care. That's the thing. You're in the flow. You wouldn't care. You, you don't worry about it. So that's that loss of self-consciousness. So we've got clear goals. We've got challenge and task balanced right. We've got that clarity of purpose. The, the, the fourth one here that I think, again, is, is useful for us is what's called the autotelic experience. And that's the idea that, you can achieve a state of flow if you find the actual task rewarding in itself. The activity is intrinsically rewarding. So actually, you're not particularly bothered about the goal. You are just absorbed in the activity itself. And that is an end in itself. You know, it's something that is done for its own sake. So that ability to just be finding it rewarding regardless of what the outcome's meant to be again a prime condition that can bring about flow state which is what the the big m noticed when he was observing artists or creators originally how they were just engaged in the activity they weren't worried about the end state they're just the production or the creation was what gave them that 
that big smile. Yeah, he talked, and there was that note about autotelic personalities, so characterized by curiosity and persistence and humility, just that desire to think that they can improve, they can keep going at this and just enjoy getting better at something. And again, regardless of the outcome. So it's, it's really interesting stuff. Hey, and now we've got an advert from one of our sponsors. Brian's Meats. Brian's Meats has a great variety of meats to meet all your meat needs. This week, the special is on sausages, the Italian variety with seasoning and herbs, rissoles or patties if you're over in the UK, and legs of lamb at only $14.99. Brian's Meats, great meat, great people, great prices. Get your meat at Brian's Meats. So we're going to bring this into the world of work now, Simon. And, of course, that was one of the interesting insights, again, from the flow study, which is work produces more flow experiences than leisure time, which kind of touched on earlier, that when you engaged in something rather than just kicking back, binging on Netflix, there was more reported episodes of happiness and flow. And Big M found that uh, people signaled experiencing flow 54% of the time at work. And the number of times they reported it for in leisure was something nearer to 18%. So a massive difference. Doesn't that seem crazy, though, that work is where you would find your flow? It's sort of, <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah. very counterintuitive. Like you'd be looking at the research going, what? Really? <laughs> I know, that's it. All those people flipping around at the weekends going, I can't wait to get back to the office. (laughs) That seems crazy, but this is research. This is science. This is being curious. Can't argue with science. No, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And people do, but that's another episode, John. (laughs) That's definitely another episode. (laughs) So in terms of applying this to work, then seeing as where where there's real opportunity to get this state of flow i think coming off what we said before thinking about individuals teams and leaders individuals first i think there's two or three things we thought maybe would be worth highlighting first is again that clarity of goals is key isn't it the clarity of purpose the clarity of goals where you have everything else set to one side and you're focused very clearly on something that has your full attention or will have your full attention so you know exactly what it is you're going to set yourself to So that's number one. As individuals, the better we have in terms of clarity and purpose, the more chance we're going to get that flow. And the big M gives that example of chess. If you're in a game of chess, you're not worried about things which are going on. I'm not a huge chess player, but you're in that that time, you're in that game, and you know if you zone out of that, you'll look at your phone or something, you know, someone will boop, 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 checkmate, pal. So it's (laughs) that zone piece, yeah, and that clear goal. My goal is to play chess that's it as that example then what was the second one it actually just goes off the back of what you just said there about phones doesn't it well it's eliminating distractions because we know and the research says if you're doing something and your phone you get distracted by your phone it takes you around 20 to 40 i've read different sort of feedback on this 20 to 40 minutes to get back into that zone of doing that work and the modern day dilemma is the phone's got so much going on. I read the other day that we got over 3,000 marketing messages a day. 
which is, you know, a lot of them via our phone as well, which is why if your marketing is, or your messaging isn't exciting, we're, we're not interested. Reduce those distractions in your environment so you can fully focus on the task at hand. Very, very hard to do, but we know mm. if you can do that, turn your phone off, block out some time, batch creative work, batch your emails, whatever that may be. So you can, yeah. in that time, that's all you're doing. And yeah. all of a sudden you can start to find that flow. If you're going to do some work that's going to get your full attention, you have to almost turn off the email. You have to turn off the phone. And you can do it. You can get those moments where you just go, right, these two hours, these three hours, I'm going to be involved in the design of something here, some work-related task. And you can lose yourself in that. But, yeah, distractions kill, and kill you're, the vibe. You're, yeah, you're a bit of a coffee shop worker like myself. So I did that a couple times a week. But if at all times, I'll think, okay, I'm going to this space to do it, but I only do a certain type of work there. I won't go there and answer emails or I know I've got two coffees, two hours, bang, that's my time of flow. Not always successful, but you can start to create those environments around you. Any other things on a personal level, you think, John, to find uh, flow? So we said clear goals, eliminate distractions, and just make sure you get that challenge task balance right. I think just think to yourself, get it so that it feels like it is going to just stretch you a little because you know that will absorb you completely cognitively mentally you will be absorbed by it because you have to be because it's just challenging you enough that you have to bring all your attention to it and it goes to this notion of being a lifelong learner doesn't it so always being curious being open to new information being a lifelong learner and that joy of taking new information learning new things yeah, that's enough to keep you in the flow. Now, I'm really interested doing the research for this around this group flow or how teams can find that flow together. As we always say, no, no person is an island. We're all part of a team in, in some way. And I thought one thing is really nice is that piece around reflection. So when you've had a really awesome day, whatever that awesome version is, spend some time saying, well, what were the conditions for that? Like what happened today which made that flow state, whatever you want to label it, what made it happen? Because we'll often look at, oh, what made that day shit? We're really good at that. But I think it's actually what made that day allow us to have that optimal performance so being really curious around the environment you've created, because I think there'll be, well, you would be some things you think, oh, I hadn't looked at that. And then you can say, well, now we can see some triggers for creating that flow state. Yeah, and I think you're right. If you could spot that, then, of course, then you can start to cultivate more of that. You can think, okay, how do we cultivate those conditions so that we can get to that state of flow again? You're right. Yeah, we probably reflect on the the poor experiences over the course of a day or a week probably more so than we would the brilliant awesome things that happen but yeah that's a good one for teams to do now the big m he started this research but the research continued to flow and he was collaborating with in this space until well, unfortunately just a few weeks ago but as a professor or a psychologist from the university of north carolina Keith Sawyer, and he extended a lot of these things which uh, the Big M was speaking about, and he's got 10 triggers to produce this group flow. And I think there's some really nice ones here. And what are some of the ones which stood out from his triggers for this group yeah. flow? Well, I mean, again, I'm, I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record here, but the idea of clarity of goals, and in this instance, if you're in a team, of course, it's that clarity of the 
collective goal, isn't it? It's we're all aiming or looking towards this particular outcome. And that focuses the minds in that team. And that's tremendously important. Yeah, any high performing team is very, very clear what its purpose is and what it's trying to achieve. So that most definitely is absolutely key. And what I like on his list, number three, yes, and. So conversations are additive, not combative. So we build on each other's ideas rather than go into what we don't like about them. And that sits so clearly in the world of innovation and creativity. How do we make those ideas thrive? So we make sure we add on ideas rather than than stopping them there. And I like uh, that one just uh, follows on for that. They say about complete concentration. It's almost that... A team's in flow, and we've all seen this, where everyone's engaged, everyone's participating, they're all focused on the task at hand or the, the goal. And again, that's really key. Everyone's concentrating completely on what they have to do to achieve what they've set out to achieve. And what goes into that as well is on his list is blending egos. So everyone can submerge their ego into the groups which sounds like uh, something from the world of Carl Jung as well, <laughs> once you go that deep. But, sounds but like just, the Borg. <laughs> Surrender your ego to the Borg. <laughs> what's the Borg? I'm laughing, but I'm like, what's the Borg? <laughs> I thought it was a Star Trek thing. I'm sure that's a Star Trek geeky reference. The Borg oh, okay. is just Sorry, like, a massive intelligence and it just absorbs everybody and you just become part of this big consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i was never that into star trek so well <laughs> there's another episode to say. Wow. live long and prosper <laughs> my friend now but i like this idea so just let, let go of your egos let go of your egos because again we've spoken about this so often but that ability that letting go of that i need to be right or i need to project a certain image or i need to know everything or i've got this certain way of doing things which i stick to so let go of that ego and just give in to that group piece as well yeah and the other one I'm spotting there is that piece around communication. No surprise, any high-performing team or any team or group that is in the flow, in the zone, kicking it out of the park, as they say, is just constant communication. That flow of information and communication within the team, between team members, is is constant, ever-flowing. And that, again, you, you'd be no, not surprised that that would be a key component for a team to be in flow. And what I also like, there's probably one we'll wrap this little section up on from uh, Keith Sawyer's work, but everyone has some skin in the game. It's not, yeah, well, it doesn't really matter because if this doesn't work, it's your ass on the line. Everyone's ass is on the line. We've often laughed around, you know, oh, we're a great team. And someone goes, woohoo, I finished my work, suckers. You're here till 10 p.m. Like, it's that ability to. <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, to help each other out so you're, you're all working again it yeah. just seems so basic doesn't it this stuff but i like it finding the flow hey simon it's time for another thought experiment got a very simple one this week but it's all centered around dilemmas so this is okay. the dilemmas thought experiment otherwise known sometimes as a would you rather type game okay yeah sorry thought <laughs> experiment not a game <laughs> <laughs> so here we go I've got three here. Let's start with this uh, This one here. Would you rather copy the dictionary over by hand for a living or be a human lab rat for a living 
trying to find your way out of different giant mazes. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is tough. Good. And I'm just thinking about the topic of today's show being flow. I mean, you might be able to get into a state of flow as you were sort of copying out the dictionary, couldn't you? I think I would be I would be backing out of the challenge if I didn't go for the getting out of mazes. But we've all had that little bit of a panic, you know, when you're in the maze when you're a kid and you think, oh, God, it's getting dark. Mom, help. And you, have to, you have to climb up on top of the, the maze and look and you go, oh, I'm actually only six foot from the car park. But you've been wandering around there for, for, for like months. So I'll go the maze. I'll go the maze. You're going to go in the maze. You're going to be a human yeah. a human lab rat. I like the idea of how they turn you into a lab rat. Maybe you got to yeah. wear an outfit while you do it. Send him in. Send in the rat. I think you could definitely televise that, surely. That's going yeah, to be a sure. good show. The Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so here we go. There's another one here. Again, kind of ties to flow and work, but would you rather work every day as a well-paid garbage collector mm-hmm. or bin man, as we might say in the UK, yeah. or work every day doing research in a shark cage in the ocean, teeming with ferocious sharks. Oh, you'd have to go to the sharks, wouldn't you? Like... <laughs> no, I'm going bin man on that one. <laughs> yeah, true, true. No, I'd go sharks. Go the adventure every day. Um, well, while you're doing that, then I'll make sure the garbage gets collected. Here's the last one for you. Okay. If your life depended on it, Simon, would you rather have to jump over something four feet high or eight feet long? <laughs> I can see you doing calculations in your head. I am. You're I'm trying to imagine those dimensions, aren't you? I would go over the four feet high. Four feet high. It's quite high. Yeah, but you could do like an army roll or something like, whew, you know, <laughs> sort of roll over it. and Or you have to do like a scissor jump. Yeah, I suppose eight feet long is quite, that's quite a distance, actually, isn't it? That's a distance, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a distance. Yeah, that's, I'm almost imagining that stretch of a, a between buildings or something, if you like, yeah. depending <laughs> on it. I could just imagine. What would you do? Ah, what one would you do? I think, um, yeah, I think I'd go for the four feet high. <laughs> four feet, just because it says four feet and you go, that's less. <laughs> it's less than eight. No, I There's no sense these. to that at all. I play these games with my daughter every night. We lie down, so we'd always do it, would you rather? And she started to say, but both of these will kill me. And I said, well, that's just part of the game, isn't it? <laughs> I bet uh, I bet she'd get in the shark cage, wouldn't she? Oh, I, I'm not sure, but she's always going, but these will hurt me, Dad. And I said, well, that's part. Which one will hurt less? That's the game. <laughs> what about leaders, Simon? What can leaders do in organisations then that, might help bring about states of flow within the business. Well, as we're prone to, I want to read a a quote from the Big M, and I think this is really nice. And it says, it is possible to find a unifying purpose that justifies the things people do day in, day out, a goal that like a magnetic field attracts their psychic energy, a goal upon which all lesser goals depend. This goal will define the challenges that a person needs to face in order to transform his or her life into a flow activity. Without such a purpose, even the best ordered consciousness lacks meaning. Wow. That's pretty profound stuff. I like the idea of attracting psychic energy. 
That's uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty deep, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Bit, but boiling that down, uh, stripping that away, as it were, it, this is leaders just providing that inspirational vision and purpose, I guess, is it? I would say 100% that provides something that people can attract their or attach their their energy and their goals and their and their purpose to. And on this idea of purpose, Simon Sinek, one of his studies and I think it's around 75 to 80% of the American population return home every day unhappy and unfulfilled. And his question is, imagine if that wasn't the case. So think around if you're a leader in your organization, how do you create that sense of purpose, that sense of story around the purpose so people will buy in? Mm. And then so that people can then find their own flow within that when they come to work each day. Yeah, I like that. Telling a story, being able to tell a story about it, that people then care about, something they can care about. Yeah. And also and that around... 80, that 80%, that, that seems really um, low. <laughs> 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 thought it was higher. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh, that's that's pretty that, desperate, though, isn't it? That's pretty yeah, desperate. Yeah, because a lot of, you know, the Big M's work is around finding that optimal state and that happiness. I know mm. with uh, Dr. Brock, he said we need to rethink this idea of happiness. But just thinking around that space where each and every day you turn up in your in your best state and you do your best work and you do your best things and you put your best footprint into the world. So if you're that leader, how do you provide that? how to create that environment where people can do that in your organization. And I think also think around your own flow. So how are you creating your flow for you? I'll put it out there. Flow is catching, John. (laughs) John, that pretty much wraps up our curious look into the world of flow and Man, we're only just scraping the surface, hey, with, with all of this. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You get curious with something and you just realise as you get curious just how little we have touched upon. It's such a massive, massive amount of work there. Research, insights. Maybe we should get someone who's a, an expert on flow as one of our guests because it's a fascinating topic. And I think we've said that before, but almost even though we're not a podcast about optimal peak performance, we are from a creative point of view, but it's almost goes into that sort of space as well. So it says there's a lot of intersections here, John, which we always talk about. But look, if there's one thing that you could reflect on maybe from our chat around flow, what would it be? It's just reminded me of just thinking about how to find those moments of flow in a personal way. And it's just to give over to whatever it is you're doing, just get absorbed in it be as we might say in the moment i think that's really key i think if you do that and give yourself over to whatever it is you're doing in that moment you're more likely to achieve some sort of state of flow i think yes yeah, so that for me i think get absorbed give it my yeah. all yeah great point great point and you i think it's that one around be aware of when you think I've had that moment of flow and things have gone really well, what was the environment around it? So be curious around what was happening because flow leaves clues. I like that. Bit of yeah, reflection. So look for, yeah, look, look for those clues, and especially with your team. But you've had a great day. What made it that great day, whatever that was is. And look, John, I want us to finish with a quote. And this is from the Big M, of course, who's really been the star of our show. Flow helps us to integrate the self. 
because in that state of deep concentration, consciousness is unusually well-ordered. Thoughts, intentions, feelings, and all the senses are focused on the same goal. Experience is in harmony. And when the flow episode is over, one feels more together than before, not only internally, but with respect to other people and the world in general. Enough said. <laughs>